almost 40 years ago, a, as I was in seminary and getting ready to get out of seminary, uh, I got involved in a, uh, a men's retreat and where they had several of us who were uh, right getting out of seminary uh, to be on hand to help with the men who were at the retreat who wanted to talk and get some, uh, some help, some pastoral advice for their lives. These were not confessions. These were sort of counseling sessions. And I met a man whose situation stays with me today because I learned more from him than I learned from most of my professors in seminary. Uh, he came to me and he was uh, all tied up in knots. He was a Vietnam veteran, and like so many of our young men and women who served in Vietnam, he came back a changed person. Uh, he had done things and seen things that no one should ever see and no one should ever do. And it damaged him inside. It damaged him so much that he felt in his heart that he was beyond forgiveness. And he came to this retreat because his friends had begged him to, and he had no expectations at the, uh, of anything that he would receive from this retreat. He felt he could not be forgiven. And he was telling me this. And I asked him a few questions, and I eventually get, said, what, what is it that you did? And he said, I can't even remember the horrible things that I did. And I said, have you ever made, tried to make a list and give the list to the Lord? And, uh, or he had a problem with substance abuse. Did you ever talk to your sponsor in the program and make the fourth step fearless moral inventory? And he goes, I can't. There are too many things. If I were to write them down, they would fill more books than are in the world. And when he said that, something triggered in my mind that stays with me. And I hope you will remember this. John's Gospel 21, verse 25. The very end of John's Gospel where John, the beloved disciple, says these words, Jesus did many more things than are listed in this book. And if they were all to be written down, there would not be enough books in the world to contain them. John's Gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about miracles. John's Gospel doesn't call them miracles. John calls them signs. Signs of what? Signs of the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of the miracles Jesus did, like every one of His words, are testimony to, to who He is. The one who brings compassion and forgiveness. And His forgiveness for us is so extravagant that is, it is beyond our ability to comprehend. What Jesus did for us on the cross is beyond our comprehension. And His forgiveness that He pours upon us, His mercy is so extravagant we couldn't comprehend it even if we tried. There wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain 
the things that he has forgiven us from. But we don't experience that forgiveness until we start forgiving others. That's the key. This poor young man had not only, not only did he not trust God, he couldn't forgive himself even though God had already forgiven him. He simply had to offer his sins to the Lord and then go out and be willing to forgive himself and forgive others, which he eventually began to do, but it took him some time to do that. You see, God's love for us is beyond the ability that we can count how, how broad and magnificent it is. And that's why this lesson from the gospel today, this little parable of Jesus, is so important. This parable is sort of a story about something we just sang in Psalm 103, our psalm for today. The last verse, where we sang, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. He's done it. And so people will say, well, Father, I don't experience that. So, well, have you given the sins to him? Have you confessed them? Have you unloaded the burden that you're carrying onto his shoulders? It's dangerous for us to carry the burden of sin on our shoulders when Jesus has already paid the price for our sins. I had a dear woman in one of my first parishes who kept having multiple health problems. And she was getting sicker and sicker. Uh, she kept a smile on her face all the time, but you could tell it was a forced smile. Something was eating away inside of her. And finally her children said, go talk to Father Steve. And she did. And I said, what's wrong? What's going on? Why do your children want you to see me? And she teared up a little bit, and she described how a friend of hers 20 years before had injured her, had hurt her. And she was still carrying the scars. She was still going over and over and over in her mind what this other woman had done to her. And it wasn't physical, it was emotional. And she was reliving it day after day. And I finally said, you need to pray for this woman rather than carrying this burden. And she said this to me. Well, I pray for her every day. I said, well, what do you pray? I pray that God's going to get her. No, no, we don't do that. We release the burden to the Lord as He has released the burden within us and taken it upon His shoulders. And that's why this parable that Jesus, Jesus tells us is incomprehensible. Peter starts this off by saying, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Now, who's Peter talking about? He had a brother, remember? Andrew, fisherman. How many times have I got to forgive that little brother, that little jerk of a brother of mine? He didn't say that. <laughs> How many times? As many as seven times? And Jesus said, no, not seven times, 
but 77 times, or in some translations, 70 times seven times. You can just almost see Peter go. And, and Jesus says, that's why the kingdom of heaven is just like this. The king is going to come, and he's going to call his servants to himself, and he's going to settle accounts with them. And he calls one servant who owed him, the English translation said, a huge sum. Well, the Greek says 10,000 talents. Talents were a measure of weight. 10,000 talents. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us whether those talents were gold or silver. Probably he was referring to silver, but we don't know. 10,000 gold talents in today's monetary value is $3.48 billion. 10,000 silver talents in today's measure is about $160 million. How on earth could a servant embezzle that much money from the master? Was it Bernie Madoff who his Ponzi scheme resulted in about $50 million, $50 billion being embezzled? Now, he had a Ponzi scheme, so he didn't take all of it. He was using what he took in to pay the others. Or one of my high school classmates about 10 years ago, Alan Stanford, was using a bank in Mahia, Texas, and embezzled $8 billion, and he's in prison for the rest of his life. But how could a farm worker embezzle? The point of this parable is that the debt that this servant had accrued is beyond comprehension. And so the king says to him, well, I'm going to have to put you in prison for that. I'm going to have to put your family in prison. And the man fell to his knees and said, please be patient with me and I will re repay the whole sum. The estimate is that if he were to repay that, he would have to work for about 600 million years to pay it back. It's unfathomable, but so is God's mercy. The king said, okay, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. I wiped the debt clean. How much is our life worth in the eyes of God? We're priceless to him. And so he forgives us our sins freely when we receive it and forgive others the way he's forgiven us. That's the key. Well, there's another man in this story, the, the servant who'd just been freed from that massive $3.48 billion debt is walking away and he sees someone who owes him a hundred denarii. Now, a denarius was one day's wage. So this 100 denarii would have been about $5,800. To work it off would have taken about four months. And so he says, you owe me a hundred denarii. And the, the other servant falls on his knees. Be patient with me and I will pay you back. No, you're going to jail and sends him off. Their companions, the workers, see what's happened. They go back to the king and says, look what this guy's just done. 
So the king brings the first servant back and said, what are you doing? I forgave you this unfathomable debt and you refuse to forgive your brother who owes you a pittance. And so he gets cast into outer darkness where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. And then Jesus ends by saying, and so will the king do to you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Remember Jesus when he gives his apostles and us the Lord's Prayer. The Lord Prayer tells us, and we're going to be saying it at the communion in just a minute, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We're asking God to forgive us Forgive us in the same way we forgive others. And what happens if we don't forgive others? Then we're in trouble. We wind up carrying the burden ourselves, and it bends us over, and we wind up having multiple issues in our life, just like that poor woman at one of my first parishes who carried for 20 years unforgiveness in her heart. Uh, she eventually died of cancer. Now, we're all going to die of something someday, but we can at least die without that burden of sin on us, which the Lord has already released through His Son, Jesus. As far as the east is from the west, so has He removed the burden and the pain and the shame and the guilt of our sin from us. Jesus took it on His shoulders. He carried our debt to the cross giving up His life, shedding His own blood for us, freeing us so that we can be vehicles of mercy and compassion and forgiveness to those around us. Forgiveness for us is not an option. Forgiveness is what we are and what we do. We forgive because we have been so freely forgiven by the Lord. We are merciful because He is so merciful to us. We are compassionate because He is so compassionate to us. We are so kind and gentle and forbearing and long-suffering to others because He does the same thing for us and continues to. He is still our example. He is still our Lord. He still is leading us. And He proves it to us again today by inviting us to his table to partake of his banquet, to be filled with the bread of angels, the bread of heaven, to be filled with himself, his own body, blood, soul, and divinity, so that we can go out of here with him within us, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually within us, so that we can go out into the world and share his gifts with others his love and his joy and his peace and his patience and his kindness and his goodness and his faithfulness and his gentleness and his self-control. He gives us all those as his gifts so that we can go today and make a difference in the world for him today, right where we are, because he is already making that difference within us today.